Once upon a time, a young woman named Joanna Southcott moved to the city of Exeter in southern England to join a church group known as the Wesleyans. Based on the evangelical theories of one John Wesley, the Wesleyans pioneered what would eventually become the Methodist Christian Church. For Joanna, the religious beliefs and teachings of her new peers were deeply impressive. In time, the words of the Bible seemed to intertwine themselves into the woman's own life to the point that she pronounced herself a prophetess. She wrote multiple religious prophecies and believed that the Day of Judgment would arrive in the year 2004, or maybe in 2014. Joanna was visited by a voice which told her, The Lord is awakened out of sleep. He will terribly shake the earth. She worried that she was being deluded by Satan, but the voice began to make amazingly accurate prophecies about events she believed could only come from God. When she prayed for a sign, the voice knocked three times on the bedstead, an early precursor of the raps at 19th century spiritualist seances. Joanna suddenly found her hand writing messages without conscious guidance. She stated, The writing comes extremely fast, much faster than I could keep up by voluntary effort. I have to turn over the pages and guard the lines of writing from running into each other. But except for this, I need not look at the paper. I can talk on other subjects while writing. The mass of the writings consists in teachings on religion, and some messages deal with earthly matters. Many of the writings were in simple verse form. Joanna predicted that the Bishop of Exeter, who was at the time in good health, would not live until Christmas of that year, and indeed he died on December 12th. In 1796, Lord Malmesbury went on a peace mission to Paris, and Joanna foretold that this would fail. It did. Joanna even predicted that French revolutionary armies would conquer Italy, a highly unpopular opinion. And yet, Napoleon Bonaparte did just that. Joanna called herself the Woman of the Apocalypse, a reference from the Book of Revelation. According to the Christian text, there would come a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. The woman would be pregnant and travailing in birth and pained to be delivered. Then a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads, will attempt to devour her child as soon as it is born. But her child is caught up unto God, and the woman herself is fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. As Joanna awaited that time when she would become pregnant by God's hand, she traveled to London and began publishing her writing. She also handmade many so-called seals of the Lord, 
which were pieces of printed paper which promised the holder a place in heaven. Since many Christians believed only 144,000 souls were allowed into the afterlife, these seals of the Lord were big business, fetching a price between 12 shillings and one guinea. It was, however, not until the age of 64 that Joanna Southcott announced to her followers that she was pregnant and carrying the new Messiah. The expected date of the Messiah's birth was the 19th of October, 1814, but somehow a baby failed to appear on that or any other day. Apparently, despite the self-styled prophetess's advanced age, her body had taken on a rather pregnant look that convinced her some 100,000 followers in and around London of her pregnancy. Unfortunately, instead of giving birth in the final months of 1814, Joanna died. Her official date of death is given as the 27th of December, 1814, but it is likely that she died the previous day, as her followers retained her body for some time in the belief that she would be raised from the dead. In fact, they agreed to her burial only after her corpse began to decay. She was ultimately buried at the Chapel of Ease at St. John's Wood in January of 1815. The prophetess left a sealed wooden casket of prophecies, which is known still as Joanna Southcott's box. The box came with instructions to open it only at a time of national crisis and in the presence of all 24 current bishops of the Church of England who were to spend a fixed period beforehand studying her prophecies. Attempts were made to persuade the Episcopate to open it during the Crimean War and again in the First World War. In 1927, the psychic researcher Harry Price claimed to have come into the possession of this box and arranged to have it opened in the presence of one reluctant prelate, the suffragan Bishop of Grantham. This particular box was found to contain only a few unimportant papers, including a lottery ticket and a horse pistol. Price's claims to have had the true box were disputed by historians and by Southcott followers. Southcottians who denied the authenticity of the box continued to press for the true box to be opened. The question was, if Harry Price's box was a fake, where was the real one? The Panacea Society, based in Bedford, England, soon claimed to have it in their possession. The Panacea Society was conceived during the early 20th century when four women were brought together by their belief in Joanna Southcott's prophecies. The four women were Mabel Baltrop, Rachel Fox, Helen Exeter, and Kate Firth. Each was interested in the message Joanna Southcott had sent out over 100 years before, and each felt the world's troubles would be overcome if only the bishops of the Church of England would consent to open Joanna Southcott's sealed box of prophecies. Throughout the Great War period, these four women corresponded with each other extensively, discussing aspects of prophecy and revelation 
and believing their interests to be divinely inspired. Mabel eventually emerged as the prominent member of the group, as the others identified her as both Shiloh, the child whose appearance was foretold by Joanna, and as Octavia, the eighth prophet of the Visitation and Divine Daughter of God. From these early beginnings, the group continued to grow in numbers, attracting other like-minded women through word of mouth, correspondence, and regular meetings. In 1920, the group attempted to place themselves on a more formal footing, calling themselves the Community of the Holy Ghost. The early 20s saw the number of believers in Octavia as the eighth prophet increase, as more people were drawn to this new community. Even those who did not personally join the group could write a letter to the ladies of the Panacea Society and request a small square of linen cloth imbued with healing powers. The linens, blessed by Octavia, arrived with instructions for the wounded and ill. Recipients were instructed to put the linen in a jug of water, pray, and drink this so-called Water A four times a day. Water A could then be diluted with additional water, producing Water B, which should be applied to the body as bath water or through sponges. Over 120,000 people worldwide received these linens between the years of 1920 and 2012. The society was adamant that the box of prophecies be opened in the presence of the bishopry, who were expected to meditate in preparation for seven days and seven nights beforehand. The ladies of the society arranged bedrooms for the bishops to stay in, and in later years, kept a terraced house furnished and empty for Jesus to live in when he returned to earth. You can visit these still-prepared rooms today in the Panacea Museum. Included in the collection is a gilded cradle and beautifully embroidered baby clothes intended for the baby Messiah that Joanna Southcott never had. If you do visit the museum, you will also spy a large, antiquated trunk kept just out of reach of the visitors. It bears several wax seals and tightly bound ropes. But this is not THE box, the society says. It's just a replica. The real thing, evidently in their trusted hands since the 1950s, is being kept in a safe and secure location within the Bedford area. Thank you.